What's the journey so far? We've actually covered a huge amount of stuff. I couldn't even get it all on the slide. But um, we've been talking about, obviously, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we've talked about the Beatitudes and how Christians are to be salt and light. And in that, dived into the detail of what that looks like. So how we deal with anger, the root of murder. How we deal with lust, the, the root of adultery. How God's, what God's standard is for... Uh, our marriages, how we are to be people of our word, um, not taking revenge, loving our enemies, giving without hypocrisy, praying and fasting and being heaven-focused, not worrying. And then Simon last week covered judging and discerning. Um, And basically all of this harks back to that Old Testament promise of God writing the law of his law on his people's hearts. So, uh, Elias is going to just read the verse for us. Is this on? Hello? Yes. Okay, I just realized I am reading from ESV here. That says NIV. So, well, we'll continue here. Um, Right. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened or which or which one of you if, if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him so whatever you wish that others would do to you do also to them for this is the law of the, and the prophets Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy, that leads to destruction, and those who enter it by are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is, that is hard, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Did I read too much? Yeah, Sorry. but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bonus for next time. Um, so, uh, just a quick reminder on a few things. Um, Matthew is written like a discipleship manual for believers, and the Sermon on the Mount in particular is aimed at believers. So it's really important that when we look at these verses that we remember this is aimed at believers. Um, and it also parallels with the story of Israel's story of when the law was given on Mount Sinai. So... Um, If we go and look at the first verse, I quite like looking at it in the Amplified because what it says is ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. In fact, what we're talking about here is persistence and it just made me think of the story of the persistent widow in Luke 18 who kept going on at the judge you know, kept, wouldn't leave him alone, kept going, kept going, asking for justice until she got justice. And that's what Jesus is saying to us here. He's saying we need to be persistent. We need to keep asking, keep going, keep on keeping on. Um, And in fact, if we have a look, Jesus talks about asking, seeking, and then knocking. Well, what is that? That's, That's a progression in intensity. In fact, when I think of the knocking, I'm not thinking of like, What we're thinking is actually hammering, hammering on the door, begging, knocking, asking. So you've got a progression of intensity here. It's active. It's not passive. It's not about just asking. It's about getting involved. Well, what does that actually look like? What does it actually look like to ask, seek, knock? Well, in terms of asking, what we're saying is 
We have to come to God with awareness of our need. Um, seeking, we're supposed to be looking to connect in, connecting the prayer with an action in pursuing God's will. And knocking is perseverance, trusting that God will provide what is best. Elias, I'm getting Elias to come up because he's actually got an example that will hopefully flesh this out a bit more. Hello again. Um, so my, I've, I've shared this before, but I've shared a struggle that I had with pornography in my up to my late 20s and stuff, and I think this ties in very nicely to that. The ask part, because I'll be rendering this down to ask, seek, knock, kind of in steps. The ask part came from humbling myself on my knees before God and going just because I just didn't have the strength to overcome this. I just didn't. I, I couldn't do it. And, and I just was almost begging God, Lord, please help me deal with this because I keep falling here. I keep stumbling and I just can't seem to get over the hump here. So I did that. And after that, of course, um, as God is so good at doing, um, off your knees, let's go. <laughs> and the next step was taking that into, oh, excuse me, was taking that into confession with the local church. So I spoke to some leaders. I spoke with some people that I trusted. I didn't speak to everybody about this, but enough people. And <clears throat> that led to me speaking with, uh, getting, sorry, getting involved with a small group. And in this small group was a group of men, and all of us were struggling with the same thing. So it wasn't just me. There were a bunch of other guys struggling with this too. And we ended up walking this out together. And what we learned most importantly in this was how to walk in the spirit and so as not to fulfill the desires of the flesh, very much Galatians-focused, if you will. And that led to the perseverance part. Six months to a year, that's how long I was kind of wrestling with this for a good time. Um, but I wasn't alone with that. We were in this together as a body, as a church, and, you know, trusting God all the way through. And there were high days and there were low days, let me tell you. But it was so, so worth it to do because my goodness the freedom that has come from that is just be, I almost beyond words what I can describe in changing my life and transforming me and the man that I am today okay 14 years onward uh, yeah pretty pretty darn good I'd say so <laughs> okay so thanks Elias um, so then that's given us an example of of what knock seek uh, our seek knock looks like so if we move on to the next verse Jesus talks about for everyone who asks receives um, and what is this well it's a promise it's one of God's promises God is promising to meet our needs um, the important thing here is to remember this is given this promise is given in the context of do to others what you would have them do to you um, and this context is really important, as you'll kind of see in a minute. So what, what we're, basically, when we ask God for help to obey him, that is when God says, yes, God will definitely help you to obey him when you cry out for that help. So this gives us the confidence to love and sacrifice for others. Um, I heard of a story where a couple had a thousand pounds of savings and they had a massive expense that was literally coming up around the corner. And then just before it came up, um, someone in their church had something happen to them and they were in dire need and they felt God say to them, 
I want you to take your savings and I want you to give them the full £1,000. And they were like, but God, we have this massive bill coming and it was going to cover that and what we're going to do. And they were like, no, okay, fine, God, that's what you're asking us to do. We'll, we'll, we'll just trust you that we'll be okay. So they gave it away and the days went past and they were like, oh, how are we going to pay this bill? How are we going to pay the bill? The bill became due and the night before, someone pushed £1,000 through their door. So I think the, the important takeaway is that God will provide, so we don't have to be scroogey, we don't have to hold back, we can trust him. Um, and then the other point is, this is not a blank check. Um, I googled blank checks and I found this and it made me laugh, because um, essentially this is exactly the, the point I think is the trap that we can fall into, that we can take this promise out of context and think that it means that whatever we want... God is obligated to give it to us. You know, I want a Mercedes, so I just pray. And uh, if you look at the little check here, so the address is a child of God, you know right where I live. Uh, pay to the order of my heavenly father. God's already signed it and he's nicely left it blank so we can fill in the amount. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's not the point of this promise. Um, so how do we know it's not a blank check? How do we know that this promise isn't just a, you know, whatever we want, whatever we ask for, we get? Well, this is a case where you kind of have to look at other parts of scripture and, and see what's consistent. So um, God answers our prayers when God is your father. Um, and actually, Matthew 6, talking about the Lord's Prayer, the fact that Beatitudes is pointed at believers, this is a promise to believers. God, as our father, will provide for us. Um, we must be living in obedience to God's will. That's what 1 John 3 talks about. Um, James 4 talks about how you don't get because you're praying in the wrong motives. We've got to have the right motives. And uh, 1 John 5 talks about what we pray for, we need to ask for in, in accordance with God's will. So if it's in God's will, if that's what God wants, then God's going to say yes. So I think another point I just want to put in here is just to reassure you that um, yes, no, wait are still all answers to prayer. The no and the waits aren't, pop, you know, aren't popular answers, but they are still answers to prayer. Um, so then Jesus starts talking about this whole parental thing, seems a bit random, doesn't it? Um, he starts asking, well, parents, would you give your hungry kid comes to you, would you give them a stone? Your kid wants a fish to eat, would you give them a snake? What's going on here? Um, well, actually, it's, it's not about, you know, you're a mean parent and your kid's hungry and you're going to find a stone that looks exactly like a piece of bread and you're going to give it to them and they're going to chip their tooth. Um, and it's not about, uh, you know, here's a fish and people quite often think that the snake thing means that you get a, give your kid a poisonous snake or whatever. No, it's not about that at all. Because um, to Jews, snakes were, um, were unclean. They were on the banned list for things to eat as food. And so what, what's really kind of been said here is that, well, you know, a parent isn't going, you know, you could cook a snake and you could serve it up and it would meet your kids' physical needs, but actually you'd be doing them spiritual harm if you did that. Um, and Jesus is pointing out that, you know, as parents, you're, you're, you're going to put your kids' best forward. 
You know, you're not going to do them harm. If they're hungry, you're going to feed them with real food and you're not going to risk spiritual harm to them. You're going to look after them and do your best. Um, and I just want to point out, it's, Jesus is not talking about child abuse here, but he's talking about general parental behaviour. Um, and uh, he, he highlights that he says that, you know, you who are evil, he's, he's really stressing the point that we are fallible people who get things wrong and have, you know, at times really hurt other people and done terrible things. And yet, even though we are fallible, even though we get things wrong, we still know how to treat our kids well. We still know how to give them good gifts and meet their needs. Um, and then Jesus compares that, the standard of parenthood that we have, that's imperfect, but it's what we have, and he compares it to God. And God is this infallible, amazingly good, heavenly father. And he says, well, if you wouldn't trick your kid, your hungry kid, if you wouldn't cause your kid physical and spiritual harm, how much more is God going to look after you? How much more is a good, loving God who made you and desires good things for you, how much more is he going to give you good gifts? And actually, I, I was wondering whether, as, as Jews listening to this, this, this thing of this comparison between, you know, kids asking for bread and getting stones, actually whether it would have reminded them of the Exodus story, when they're in a desert full of stones and they have no food and God provides them, provided them with manna to eat. God's a good, good father. And he can be trusted with our physical and spiritual needs. And there's a reason that he, Jesus brings this up here. Because we have to know, we have to know that God is good and he can be trusted with us. Because, you know, sometimes it's a long time before you get an answer. Sometimes you get a no or a wait. And you have to know you have to know that that's okay, that God's got his best for you. Um, and I was kind of thinking about how to kind of give an example on this. And I actually kind of realised this is something that me and Elias have been going through. Um, some of you might know that we've been looking at adoption. And it's been a long road for us. Um, it's not been as long for other people I know, but for us it's been a long road. And... Um, about four years ago, we attempted to approach uh, an adoption agency and we actually got turned down. And I just was absolutely devastated by that. It just felt like we were being told all over again that we couldn't have kids. It was really, really hard and really painful. And, and I was like, but God, I thought this is what you wanted. I mean, I've wanted to adopt since I was 15, so I've really struggled with this. I was like, this, I thought this was your plan, Father. And then actually... God was like, no, Susie, this is a wait. This is not yet. This is a, you need to sort some stuff out. Because actually, when I had that wait, and I'm so grateful now we had that wait answer, because actually it brought up stuff that we thought we dealt with and we hadn't fully dealt with, and actually gave us that opportunity to deal with it and become free from that so that we were in a better place. When we do get to adopt, we're in a better place now because we got that wait answer. Um, and the other thing I just want to bring up is, you know, it's been four years of, you know, trying to get ourselves lined up to start the application process. And in that four years, various things have happened and have thrown up. And, 
and as have been, you know, you sit there and you think, because once you've had a no from an adoption agency, you're suddenly like, oh, how's it going to look? How's this thing going to look on our application? How's this going to look on our application? And you get to the point where you're like, I can't do it. This is impossible. And COVID happened and we couldn't even get workmen in to fix the house. And it just felt like, you know, we couldn't get the childcare experience because COVID came and, you know, everything seemed to shut down and it just seemed so frustrating and it just impossible. And at the end, I had to come back to who God was. I had to come back to the fact that if God is for me, who can be against me? And so this is really important. It's really important that we remember who God is when we're asking, seeking and knocking because there'll come times when we struggle with it. And then Jesus goes on to the golden rule. He brings it all back to this. Do to others what you would have them do to you. And this, uh, this might remind you, because it's basically a paraphrase of the love your neighbour of yourself. Um, and what's quite interesting about this is this is a reversal of the ancient wisdom at the time, which basically said something along the lines of, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. Now, Confucius said it. There was a Jewish rabbi Hillel, excuse me if I'm pronouncing things wrong, it's in the Tolbit and the Apocrypha. There was a Greek philosopher, Epictetus, who had similar sayings. Um, and this was a common held viewpoint. But actually what Jesus is doing by turning it on its head, he's making it so much more powerful. Because what Jesus is saying is, he's asking us not just to not do harm, but he's asking us to proactively do good. And this made me think of... Uh, at the end of Matthew 35 to 44, which is talking about Jesus coming back and the final judgment, and he's separating the goats and the sheep. And what he separates them on is, is based on, on what good they did, based on, and again, this is not saying you're saved by acts, but it is saying you show your you sow your salvation through action. He says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. I was homeless, you took me in. It's all of that. And the people he calls out, he said, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. And, and so Jesus is just, you know, what God is interested in is not just that we are people who do no harm, but we are people who proactively do good. And this is essentially summing up the whole of the Sermon of the Mount. That's why we're asked to love our enemies. That's why we're asked to, to give without hypocrisy. And uh, all of this is done in the relation to this ask, seek, knock. Because I tell you, when you're struggling with lust and you're struggling with anger and you're struggling with issues in your marriage and you're struggling to forgive someone who's done terrible things to you, it's not something you can deal with in five minutes. It's not something that you can just get over like that. You're going to struggle and you're going to have to go through this ask, seek, knock. You're going to have to keep on going. You're going to have to keep on asking. You're going to have to keep on calling out to God. So in summary, we are called to do to others what you would have them do to you. And what this looks like is explained in the Sermon on the Mount. It is a hard, long-term struggle, and we need God's help. It's about that persistent, active, whole-life prayer of our seek knocking. God is good. We've got to hang on to the fact that God is good, and he can be trusted with the outcome. And we've got to hang on to God's promises, because when we're down, that's the only thing that's going to keep us going. So I just want to say to you now, 
Just keep on keeping on. So just to end, I thought I'd ask a couple of questions and give us a couple of challenges. Um, so are you struggling with something that you need to bring to God? And if you are, a challenge for you is to think about how you can ask, seek, knock in relation to this challenge. Um, are you feeling weary in asking? Sarah brought this up earlier. And again, the challenge for you is to find a couple of God's promises and meditate on these. I'd also throw in something else, and that is go talk to someone who you trust. Because for me, that I have been encouraged along this adoption journey so much by people getting alongside me, going, come on, Susie, you can do it. God's got this, you can do it. Um, and uh, is there a situation that you need wisdom to apply the golden rule? So... Elias was just going to finish pray for us. Uh, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God of the heavens and the earth, Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for bringing us together here, Lord, to praise and worship in your name, Lord, to learn more about you and your ways. Help us to... Help us, indeed, Lord, to be a people who ask, seek, and knock. Lord, who are always coming back to you, Lord, recognizing who you are as our Heavenly Father. Um, Help us to walk in the the Spirit, um, truly, in that sense, Lord, whatever we're struggling with and whatever we're doing, and help us to do so together as a body. Um, Help us to remember we're not alone in our struggles. Lord, you you are with us, and, and this body that you have given to us, Lord, is, is for such things as these. And yes, Lord, just help us as we go on our day to day from here, um, and even for the rest of today. We ask and pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.